0: You Can Hack It, Episode 10 Social Expectations in Gaming. One, two, three, Android, are you ready? Come on. You are listening to You Can Hack It, an RPG podcast about how you can hack it, both as a player and GM, and also how to add, replace, or modify
1: rules. I'm John. Oh, and I'm Kyle. Each show will be starting off with a discussion about a hack which you've created, witnessed, or been involved in some way. So now, Kyle, should we get to the hack?
0: warning you can hack it. it has a lot of profanity good morning Kyle. good morning it's almost afternoon yes because of daylight <laughs> savings time I'm sorry I'm late again uh <laughs> yes I was late coming into the recording session we're doing a Sunday morning recording forgot that it was daylight savings time ended up coming at 11 for 1b everything oh. is ruined forever everything but Christmas yes because Christmas already happened yeah so we missed out ruining that how was your week sir how was your last two weeks
1: um my last two weeks were good uh i would say since the last time we recorded we played uh gray ranks a full
0: uh, round of that yeah the full chapters one to ten that was a lot of fun it was very sad and affecting i yeah i was, I was really sad about the ending but but it was it was cool like it was a it was a really uh, affecting and cathartic experience I think.
1: Well, I I absolutely agree that uh, it scratched an itch that we weren't getting I think uh,
0: for sure. And only one major rules blunder at the very beginning, but other than that we did we did okay. I was happy about that. And I've actually gotten that game down. I think I've got a pretty good idea how to play it now. After doing it about four times I think. I, I I'm, I'm glad we went through. I
1: got through a whole game because that's. Even like, so- sometimes, you play one game, one session, it just doesn't go for, from that. You know,
0: yeah. Happens. I have to say that I'm really starting to like the short-form game a lot more than a long-form game. I'm, I don't know if it's because it's later on in life, or, or whatever it is, but I'm finding that when I'm playing a longer-term game, I'm kind of sitting there going, I wonder this is, when this is going to end. I'm having a, a crisis with this involving my D&D game that's uh, later on today, where... We've gone 10 sessions, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of, like, I'm, I'm kind of done. I kind of don't want to tell the story, because, I mean, for the most part, I've been trying to, to get the players to, to tell me what kind of story they want. They're like, whatever you want, GM, and I'm like, please tell me what you want to do. And they're like, whatever you like, and I'm like, okay, then I'm going to create a story based on whatever you've given me. Let's do this. But now I've just been, like, cutting my story short and going, yeah... The thing you, the MacGuffin and the McFusel you need, they're in the same place. My goodness, it's the same object. The reveal. In reality, I just didn't want to <laughs> didn't want I didn't want to drag shit out. Did, so. Didn't you even pull on a module? Is that uh... Yeah, I actually I grabbed Thunder Spire because <laughs> they got two or three different places in there and I'm like, Yeah, you're going to a Vecnan temple. That's where this other thing is. I'm gonna grab this Vecnan temple. Flip flip flip, all the work done for me. It's not to the lack of that you couldn't have planned, you didn't have the time to I plan. just didn't want to. Just didn't I want just want to. was like, you know what? Because here's the deal. The players show up, you know, sometimes they have their character sheets updated, sometimes not. Sometimes they have dice. Most of the time they don't. And I'm like, okay, Ugh. effort in equals effort out. And I'm not, you know, I mean, D&D requires a lot of upfront effort from the GM, and I'm just not willing to do it. And I really don't have time to do it. So, cracking open the module. I mean, I'm, I'm adding things to the module, but I'm using the maps, and I'm using the encounters as base. And it's fine. They don't know the difference. They they're just haven't found yeah, yeah. To be honest, I'm having more fun with the module than I was trying to hack out shit myself. So that's been my gaming experience. I think the only other thing I can think of that we've been doing, and there's two other things I've done, but one want to share. We've uh, cracked open the Hot War game, finally. Uh, after a... Uh... Two and a half character creations. Uh, we've, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we finally got characters we really kind of like. the The interesting thing was we actually went back to our first option when one of our players had to drop out. Uh, sadly, Jeff is unable to make it to the games. At least for now. I don't know if it, if it may be forever for that day. Just that day is just not working for him.
1: Yeah, it, it's for the foreseeable future, i.e., the next well, the next few months. I know he's yeah. uh, he's. He is taking up work and school at the same time again. Yeah, um, there's, there's a baby on the way too.
0: So I mean, yeah. he's he's got he's got a lot on his plate. And he's I again, the the game though is with me and Colin and you, and uh, I am having a great time playing Racist Cop, who is a closet homosexual and is trying to arrange a birthday party for his friend at the same time he's supposed to be breaking open this diamond smuggling, which is basically fifties crystal meth that we invented. That's actually maybe a Russian plot. We don't know. Anyways, Hot Wars, great. Uh, think that I need a bit more practice with British accents. I can't help it. When we talk about, like, Carnegie Hall, not Carnegie Hall because that's America, I'm thinking of Westminster Abbey. We have a map that helps us. Yeah, a little 50s map of, uh, of London. It's great. I'm really in, uh, But it makes me want to speak in a British accent. I think of the big wheel and I think of all the crazy London things. I have to speak in a British accent. I can't help it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that <clears throat> Hot War actually won a bunch of awards for the writing and for the setting, for the, uh, the yeah. what do they call the ending, is that right? Yeah, one won two of those. The reason why I think it's interesting is that we I read the book, and then I kind of, are, I'm not using or kind of talk about half the setting, like I'm just kind of playing by ear, because... I think we're all doing it because we don't. I'm not very good at sticking to a preset genre. Like preset genre is fine. But the preset setting with absolute terms. I don't like referencing, looking it up. And oh wait, that's not what Elminster said. Oh, punching me, puts you the face. of the phase at Elminster. Same point, it's all setting and, and feeling. So I think as long as you're sticking to the feeling, I think
0: that's what the, really he wanted. Are uh, the people who wrote the book want? Yeah, and I think that I mean a lot of setting books are like that, especially like Hot Wars rule system. is very light. So I'm thinking that with the actual setting stuff, he just wants to say, okay, it's post-apocalyptic, post-war, there's desperation and scarcity, and the government's barely holding on. And here's all these factions. And and here's factions, here's paranoia, here's X-Files-esque sort of weird science things go. That's the flavor, and I think we've maintained that pretty well. Yeah, I think so, too. And he
1: doesn't actually have in the book anything about... This person says this, or then this
0: happens in the history of like the chronology. It's just like, bam, here we go. Yeah, there's one event, you know, World War Three, and a very limited World War Three. Yeah, but enough to destabilize everything, and that's about it. And I, I think I think it's it's good. It's nice that you aren't pulling in too much stuff. That we're sort of generating bits and pieces as we go. We don't have to like read a bunch of reference material or something bullshit like that. But I'm actually it's actually good because I've been to London. Fairly recently, the last couple of years. And so I, I'm pulling all my experiences of like Hyde Park and Buckingham and all the rest of those places I visited and that I, day I was there.
1: I love that there's a bunch of mobs. There's like a Jewish mob and an Italian mob. Yeah, in, in yeah, Australia. yeah. And there's, there's like also a British mob too. Well, I'm
0: racist. Uh, the character's racist. So there's gotta be different ethnic groups that I have to hate. And uh, it's nice to have a somewhat legitimate reason to hate them. I can hate, them. I can pretend to hate them because they're criminals, but really I hate them because they're a different nationality than I am. And I'm, I'm trying to work through that. I'm trying to have the character come to... Because, again, the, the reason is he's he's a racist is because he's a closeted homosexual. And I'm thinking that he's just... The, the idea is he's, he's acting out as his racism because of issues he's having with himself. And once he resolves those internal issues, uh, he will be able to let go of the racism. Because, really, the outward hate is the inward uh, loathing at being... Not true to who he is,
1: and it's it, I've also thrown in a character there who you might be able to resolve some of your problems. Exactly the away. the character
0: who uh, the character who's dating Colin's character's sister,
1: yes. and Colin hates
0: him because he's all pansy, but my character kind of likes him because he's a little effeminate. And and, and, and the guy
1: also kind of likes you, but he also understands that he has a relationship with with the uh, with the sister, though that got destroyed last game by partially conflict. destroyed like half. But, half is, he, it, is it all broken? It, he's got a zero relationship with his sister. The thing is, the sister still has like a two or three, a three relationship with
0: him. So she still loves yeah, him. So it's People. unrequited now. But that's interesting because that that really opens up avenues for me. Anyway, it's it's been great. It's been really fun. I've really enjoyed the system because it is very very light, but there's enough complexity in it that I like. There's one thing I don't like about it, and that's that the negative traits don't come up as often. I I personally think that. What happens is if you, you roll a bunch of d10s, and if you pull a negative trait into your die pool, because you you say, you say okay, i got this base ability, and I pull in all these little traits to make myself better. And if I pull in a negative trait, it'll make me better, but if it's the highest number, then some sort of complication occurs. I disagree, because it doesn't happen enough. I think that the negative traits should be a factor if they're counted as a success. It might happen too much then, I think. Well, I, I, think uh... that, I think that complications are fun it's and true. interesting, and I think that the character's... Penalties should come up more often. See what I and I and I don't think they're coming up very often. I think they'll come up very rarely. What I
1: think is, I mean, I'm not playing it enough, or maybe the rules aren't written as strongly as I want. Is that that complication should be more, maybe not say mechanical, but more, more, extreme, or should be written that way? That and I would, I am going to try to be playing it that way, where the complication is, oh my goodness, this is really, like this is a complication that has occurred, like this is a problem for you now. And then it causes some something that
0: is important for the character. I, I guess if I bring in fun. that that feature, I should be role playing it anyways. And I do. Yes. Exactly. I, just, I guess that it's uh, because it's always a success, but when that when that thing comes up, I don't think it comes up often enough. Like the, the times we I mean we've played one game, so maybe I am being a little bit
1: yeah. judgmental
0: of a game I haven't played enough. But I think that's and that's a that's a tiny little that's me saying I don't lose enough. I mean, I lose plenty in that game. We've lost a couple of times. The problem is, I just wish we'd have more successes, but problems would be. Kind of yeah, I, I was really. I
1: would definitely play mechanic a bit, like for um, for definitely dropping people down. Like I, I really knocked Colin on his ass. I actually hit it hit one of his uh, stats. I made it to zero, and he had like a huge breakdown. Which yep. is fantastic.
0: That was pretty insane. He thought the woman he was interrogating was his dead wife, which is it may it may still be his dead wife, in fact, yeah. or it could be some sort of horrible chemical that uh, that he's been infected with. Possibly he's been experimented on by with some sort of serum. She was clearly a scientist who they took in, and uh, she definitely like was. Able is to she touch a member it? of the uh, of the group that we're working for? What's happening, cloak and dagger? It's great conspiracy stuff. Which actually is something we need to talk about because part of conspiracy involves. Secrets, and that's one thing we want to talk about in the future. But there's yeah. there's an interesting discussion about about how much should be kept quiet and how much should be kept open. And uh, I mean, even I think a whole episode for that. Pretty much, I think we could probably talk uh, talk a whole bunch about secrets. Interesting thing. I just want to add uh, one extra thing on there. Sure. Uh, we've been playing this. Uh,
1: there's six player people involved in this little Warhammer Forty K uh, tabletop. <laughs> yes, we were playing. that's
0: been great. And it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I just have to say that I'm I'm number one. Tournaments are really neat. I have really gotten a kick out of it. I've never been a part of one ever. And I think that this tournament stuff is great. I'm really enjoying it. I had a an excellent game with Chris a couple of days ago. Yeah, just a few days ago. It was Thursday night. And Thursday night. I was like, I got the snot kicked out of me. But that's fine. I don't care if I'm losing. I, I'm i just having a good time you, throwing you dice. You played a good game, John. I made three mistakes, I think. That that really cost me, and and really I, my my whole army wasn't built for his. It was it was uh, it was a really neat matchup, and it. There was good odds you could have pulled a draw out of that, which yeah, pretty if, good. if if the game had ended at turn five and I had kept rolling sixes for the turn continuing, which that would have been... If round five would have been a draw, and that was the best I could have hoped for with his incredible mechanized assault. I was like three tanks, uh, okay, terrible terrible things are happening. Alright, well uh I think that's about it. I haven't got anything else to talk about, so let's uh let's move on to the hack, I think. Play like you have to. Play like you have to. Play like you have to. Brilliant Gameologists, a podcast for tabletop games
1: and the gamers who play them. Come into the light at brilliantgameologists.com. Hey John, I I'm a half hour late to your game and my feet really stink. My shirt's undone, and you see my chest hair, but, uh you know, fuck you. Where's your dice? I left them in the car. I, I, I can not bother to go down there. Where's your character I'll sheet? Okay, just use your... your character eyes. sheet.
0: Where's your character sheet? Didn't you have it? I don't have your character sheet. Oh,
1: shit, yeah, I brought... uh Oh, whatever. I just, you know, I, I remember it. It's good enough. Now, that's very socially inappropriate,
0: <laughs> sir. <laughs> oh, fine. That worked really well. Here's the deal. Gamers have this really terrible stereotype. I mean, if you look at a lot of media and such, you see that gamers have this stereotype for being really socially maladjusted and inappropriate. Here's the problem with that stereotype. All stereotypes are based on a certain grain of truth. And the shit that you could not possibly get away with in a million years at a dinner party is somehow okay in a lot of gaming circles. And this applies to, to board games as well as miniatures games, as well as role-playing games. But for some reason, when you do something like this that involves people sitting around and playing some sort of game, a lot of social stuff goes right out the fucking window, and it's like this weird schizophrenia that occurs. And I, I, I love we want to unpack that and talk about the social expectations in gaming. We've definitely touched on some of it, but we want to
1: really go into different aspects of this now and actually talk about what people are, what's expected
0: of people when you walk into a game. And how do we even make those expectations clearer? Exactly. And I think that it'd be nice to talk about these things, to go through them, and to really investigate why does this happen? Why does this constant complaint occur on places like the RPG net? I mean, there is hundreds and hundreds of posts about people talking about the, the guy that smells like cat piss and the guy that you know, has swords and tries to wrestle you to the ground and people that break chairs and go whatever. Al Bruno Third, his site has about has this thing about all these gaming stories that are loosely based on something, on some sort of real-life stuff that's about these horrible people he, this guy used to game with and the, the crazy shit they do. Of course, he amps it up to 11, but you read it and you go, oh my god, I've been there, I've been there. Why have you been there? How to answer well, this? What's happening? People <clears throat>
1: don't believe they have to follow the same social constraints in these situations. Some of these people have never learned to follow these social...
0: I don't want to see you without your pants off. You know, really. No, I'm with you. It's things like bodily functions during a game. Doing something like like ripping off a huge bar in the middle of the game or belching or something like that. I, I sit there and I'm like, were we having a dinner party. It would be embarrassing. And you're like, what are you doing? What, what? Like, that's not involuntary actions, sir. A hiccup and a sneeze is one thing. But letting out a huge one in the middle of gaming, I'm like, what? You, what, what, That is somewhat problematic, but I think it's a minor
1: issue in, in the whole scheme of things. In because... the whole scheme of things,
0: it, it happens. It... I mean, but I think that, that there is a... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I find that to be a little offensive. I find that to be a little bit, what is this? And... The point I think is an example
1: we give at the beginning is that when I didn't have a care show, when I, you know, showed up with my feet smiling, I wasn't very apologetic. I was just like, "Fuck you, I don't care." If you know I have a little big belt, I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, that's excuse escaped. me, yeah, excuse, excuse me. me, I'm sorry." Oh shit, I'm you know that you know what at that point you're making amends. You're saying I I that was not intentional. I'm owning up
0: to the to it and I'm I'm saying that's not cool. I didn't mean to do that, but. You know, the body brought it up, that it happened. The admission of accepting that you've made a mistake. However, what usually happens in situations like that is it that ac- action, that activity gets accepted, and it becomes socially acceptable to do that in a gaming session. That you can kind of revert to this weird troglodytism that happens. I think that a lot of this has to do with people... I mean, I, I understand that you want to be comfortable, but I think that there is certainly, I don't know, there's certainly some things that I, I find a little bit offensive sometimes that happen. And I, and, and I, and I know there's a, there are some, some people who are guilty of that in our gaming sessions, but for the most part, I, don't, I find that for the most part I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way people tend to operate themselves in most of the games that we've run and most of the games that I've been involved in the last little while. It's a, a lot of the stuff in the past that I find things have been really problematic, and to be honest, if I'm in a game where I'm not socially comfortable, I'm not in that game very long Because I just can't operate in it. I find it just to be really, really offensive and it gets me really angry. And a lot of times, without uh, without any kind of communication, a lot of this social stuff gets really bad. And games can end and friendships can end because of it. And here's the defining
1: reason that you brought up why it's important. You just said friendships can end, games can end. things Unless you're acting socially responsible and res- and respecting each other's uh, respecting each other, then you cannot have an environment where you can role-play where people enjoy themselves. And that's what this is all about, about enjoying ourselves
0: in a role-playing game and everybody respecting each other. If yeah, fun- Fundamentally, role-playing is a social activity. It involves other people and if you don't respect those other people, then those other people are not going to want to play with you. And therefore, that social activity
1: dies. And so now, a bunch of what we've discussed here now, we've already covered some of the story. So now I want to go
0: into, we should go into more specific Let's things. talk about the specific pieces. Uh, the first thing I think that is really necessary, and this is something we discussed in Barriers to Play already, but I want to talk about punctuality. I think that's a good place to start. Okay. Because without punctuality, there's no game.
1: And, and people have time limits. Like, you have a gaming group where... You know
0: the friend has to be you know go to bed by this time because he's a kid. Is that true? Is that right? Yeah. Well, there's no. He has to teach his kids. He's got a he's got a teaching appointment at like. So the game has to end at ten thirty. Yes. There there are people who um who have to people who work till X time, so we can't play till this time. And and as a result, we have to have a very narrow area in which we need to play. In my Wednesday game, there is a person that has a kid. Uh, but in my Sunday game today, there's a person that teaches kids tomorrow morning as he's a teacher. And so there's there's set times that we have to be able to be really clear on. Ending times especially, the game has to end by X time. 10.30 or 9.30 or 10.30 or 11.30. This is when it has to go because I have to be out the door at this place at a certain time. And for the GM, he's
1: planned or set up whatever he has set up and he has in mind how long the game will run. He, Even if he hasn't necessarily planned a huge amount, he has an idea of how long the game should run, and what you will be able to get through in a gaming session. He has ideas laid out. So if you lose half an hour, 45 minutes, all of a sudden the GM is scrambling to try and adapt and adjust appropriately.
0: And during that half an hour, 45 minutes, the other players who were punctual are getting punished for someone else being late, or or uh, or, or not showing up at all.
1: So everybody else is punished for the person being late, and that is not okay.
0: However... We've already talked to, was it Colin, or was it Jeff, regarding a game that he was in where there was a stick for being late, and he said that that stick, that punishment for the person who was late, was really poorly received and ended up getting removed. I think it was Jeff.
1: It was Jeff, it was the OO game. Yeah, the, the game. game.
0: That, and that that was really unpopular, and people were like, it's not fair that I'm getting punished for being late to a game. I, I guess that you have to be careful about these kind of sticks, because... If you use a stick to try and enforce punctuality, then someone who gets beaten with that stick—using I'm using the metaphor—is getting stretched a little bit. I think I should be careful with with this metaphor. So, but the yeah, the point is that that people really don't like it when they get punished, and the problem is how do you prevent how do you prevent uh, uh, how do you ensure that punctuality is maintained? And here's what I've found is that. I will, if I know
1: I'm running a game, say, like, Tuesday evenings at a certain time, I was gonna, with certain players who have a limited time, I will not invite other players. Mm-hmm. Because I know they will not be punctual, and so I don't want to punish others for that. Choosing players is a way that I, as a GM, I am punishing those players who are late because I'm not inviting my games now. And maybe they notice it, maybe they don't, but my gaming experience is better because of that. And if people aren't punctual, and they aren't able to make it, I've seen like in the OO game, they tend to book it in like a Sunday afternoon. That way, it's not as important punctuality. And so they have the time to play, they have that that, that span of time. And so again, punctuality isn't as important. People aren't being punished because there's no time limitation on it. It's true. And so that's kind of the adjustments or adaptations that people take. I think that some
0: people are habitually, late, and it's very difficult to break that kind of habit. It is. Some people have... Perhaps legitimate reasons for being late, and I mean it does happen. Again, we're talking about placing a phone call. Usually, ninety percent of the time makes things a little better. Yeah, letting people know, and again, this is a, a, a this is again a social expectation issue. It's like if you're going to be late, something that be, that could be established before a game. And again, the communication falls big into social expectations because again, everybody is going to have a different, especially with new groups. Everyone's going to have a different experience of what it means to be a gaming group what responsibilities people have, yes. and it's good to lay these things out to have a, a bunch of rules. Some people think it's really stupid to do this, and I'm like, let's do it, and then you may be surprised by some of the rules that people have. I'm yeah. adding in things like, if you're going to be late, call. If you know you're going to be late, uh, call us first and say, hey, I'm going to be a bit late, just let me know, and you go, awesome, thanks, how late, half an hour, okay, we'll, we're going to play, or we're going to do something, and, and, and have those things in place. If there are some sort, of, there's some sort of emergency. I think that's a that's a simple thing to do, and because of the ubiquity of cell phones, it's very difficult not to be able to, to call someone. No, I, I will.
1: There are like to anything. There's always exceptions. So exactly. Always remember that. Uh, like a perfect example I wanna give is just last week, my friend Jeff, she didn't show up to the game. We called and we couldn't get a hold of him, and we didn't end up talking to him the next day. She had been slammed with a bunch of like extra work that day of stuff that's due for for his student teaching and he had to have it done for the next day and he was just really stressed out and he just basically he didn't want he had just turned his phone off put it somewhere else so he could just focus on this and not be distracted and he completely forgot about the game and then he was very apologetic the next day he was very sorry like it's i've never he's never done that before ever and so sometimes
0: that happens yeah pick your battles i think that's what it comes down to you really want to ask yourself okay this person's late this person didn't show up why did this person not show up? What's going on? I mean, if it's just like, sorry guys, I was playing uh, my PlayStation, I lost track of time, is not a good excuse. There should be more stories after that, dude. Like that, I don't like. That's not cool. Being slammed by work, I mean, again, situational. You really you need to, to, to. I think that there, that comes down to to how good of friends you are, this person, and how forgiving are you of their various transgressions. No, we've, we've covered a lot. I think this already as well. So I think we should move on. Yeah, right? I think so. I think that I think that we there's a couple of things we should mention as well about punctuality. Yes. I always think that the arrival time and play time mm. should be about a half an hour apart. I think that arrive at six, play at six thirty is a good idea. I think that 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 actually helps a lot of people who can be late because they have that flex time of about half an hour. I think that that's one way of of, of dealing with that. Saying, listen. People show up at 6, we're going to have a little bit of food, and then we'll play at 6.30. And, and the people that... set up. Exactly. And I think that works pretty well. And I think that it's also... Um, it also should be longer if you want to actually do an actual meal. Like if you're going to do a sit-down meal, it's show up at 5, we'll play at 6. Have an hour for the meal, and then play. I think that does a lot to make sure people show up, and, and the playtime is always the same, but have this this lead-up is handy. Uh, I completely agree. I really think that's so important. Yeah. All right. Let's then maybe talk about appearance. It's a thorny thing. There's actually been a couple of forum posts I've seen on a uh, website uh, called Story Games. Story Games has this has this one forum post about someone talking about fashion, about people being fashionable, and it got attacked. People are really weird when it comes to their own personal appearances. And they tend to get really pissed off when someone comments on it. And that's the thing. I think what we're saying is that in in,
1: in appearance, we're not saying you have to look good. What we're saying is you have to show up with a minimal hygiene covered and minimal appearance
0: of acceptable going out, walking down to your local grocery store, I think is kind of what we're defining. And and by walking to a local grocery store, I mean like, even then, is stretching things a little bit because I've seen people in terrible—that's like actually true—house coats going to the grocery store. Okay, maybe uh, what's better example? I'm um, not sure. I'm just thinking that, that at a base, going to your mother's have No, that's bad that example. Too. I think at a base level, what we're talking about is is the minimal acceptable sort of sort of clothing requirements and bodily like cleaning requirements. I think that we we can really kind of kind of divide these into two pieces. The first thing, let's talk about clothing. If it's summer, shorts are fine. I'm a bigger guy. I like shorts. A lot of airflow. But I don't want to see your nuts. Uh, sorry, I don't. I'm not built that way, not wired that way. And besides, which, if I do want to see a guy's nutsack, I don't want to see it in a gaming environment. Because I'm gaming, I'm not having sex with men. Uh, I don't have sex with men anyways, but I, I just... W- were I having sex with men? I, I should probably shouldn't continue this. <laughs> the point being, underwear... Of some kind that doesn't display your ball sack. Again, I'm going back to this because it happened. It's happened in a game where a guy was like, had the big fucking huge shorts and his balls were like, he was like this. And one was, the flap was right, the the, the shorts were super big and you could just see his cock. What do I do? Do I tell him, look, man, could you please not show me your penis? He's like, why are you looking at my penis? I'm like, okay, the inevitable conversation comes. Fashions aside, again, people like to wear baggy stuff. So people like to wear tight stuff. I don't, and that's not really my issue. I just don't want to be flashed.
1: Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we're defining, saying appropriate clothes. If you were to go out into a restaurant,
0: let's say. Yeah, I mean, what would a middling restaurant, a middling family restaurant except They would require you to yes. wear a shirt, some sort of pantwear, and some sort of footwear. Now, if it is summer... Maybe someone's wearing sandals and no socks. Okay, that's fine. That's acceptable. Yeah. But shorts and a t-shirt at minimum, I, I really don't like it when people game without a shirt. I don't like to say anything because I don't want to be a problem, but I really don't like it. I find it very annoying. I find it very distracting. I find it kind of gross. Even, like, again, men, women, whatever, I want someone to wear a shirt. For for me to be all macho and say, oh, women without shirts, her, her, her. No, I don't, I don't want a woman to be sitting there without a shirt. It's weird.
1: What, what I think and what John is implying here is he's not saying this that this is his personal preference or it is. We're also trying to illustrate just normally accepted appearances. We're not trying to create a new definition. We're saying this is what we would normally do and all our friends and everybody we know should be doing on a daily basis. When I go to work, when I walk out in the street, when I go to the grocery store, when I go to a restaurant, this is what
0: I should be doing and same thing applied if I'm going to a game. Exactly. And I think that that having that basic appearance is is just I don't know I just, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a matter of decorum and it's a matter of just being comfortable with the social environment. I I personally just don't like rampant nudity in any situation. Maybe except for maybe the most intimate situations, but even then like, let's dim the lights. Wear t shirt that's
1: fine, tight pants, slacks, whatever, shorts, as long as your balls aren't hanging out. You know,
0: all these things are good. Or panty line. I mean, you know, I'm not I don't want to be. I don't uh, want to specifically talk about male genitalia here. Uh, uh, and I, I, you I have to pretty big label And you know what? I, I'm just saying this. I mean, everyone, opinions differ, but... How do I put this? Cleavage is like a ball sack hanging out. Come on. All right? I, I'm sorry, but, I mean... Yes, yes, everyone has boobs. I, I don't want to see them... I don't want to see men boobs. I don't want to see girl boobs. I don't want to see man cleavage. I don't want to see girl cleavage. Uh, wear a shirt. Wear a shirt that isn't, like, all the way down the navel line cut. And that, I mean that, that it, it's something that bothers me because because I get distracted by it because I'm heterosexual, but it's also inappropriate because I'm like I don't want to look at your plunging neckline, line, you know. Please let me go play. You know what I mean? Like I, I, get, I get uncomfortable yeah. with that. And, and again, how do you how do you say something like that to someone? How do you say please put away your nutsack or please could you like the cleavage, you know? Could you, could you, there, there could you are... wear a shirt rather than? you know, something like this that has a big V going down the middle. No, that's something where it's kind of tricky, that particular example, because... Because people are just... They are go shit if you
1: start criticizing within. Not even that, but, like, at what point do you draw a line? What point do you say it's acceptable or not for something like cleavage? I agree that there's clear definitions of when, you know, it's it's like halfway down your chest, the V-line. Obviously, that's too much. But, you know, once you... Get to the, there's a gray area, I think, where there's half the people okay, half the people aren't with it, and so it's really hard to define. Here, I think we're talking more about your... Kind of,
0: and, and again, the problem line. is how do I communicate this stuff? That's the biggest issue. Yes. If I'm feeling personally uncomfortable, how do I say to someone, listen, about the whole shirtless thing, I don't want to see your hair chest or your hairless chest or, you know.
1: I want to move now into discussions before play of sure. what this might help. What you're saying, how do I discuss it with people? This is the time to discuss it. This is the ideal time to discuss it. Yeah. Yes, it might happen later on. Yes, you have to discuss it then, but what I want to talk about is.
0: Before the game starts, what do you need to talk about? Establishing the comfort zones. That makes a lot of sense. I think that expectations need to be established before you play. It's nice to do that in an email or something, saying, listen, a couple of things I would really appreciate. When you have these discussions, using things like, and I find that sometimes the I feel sometimes works. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. People get all out of uh, uh, joy. The um what's what's the I think podcast. I feel I uh really gameologist talked it, about they had this. had a huge uh podcast on it. So actually I would ref, we should reference that. Yeah, in, uh, I think uh, that, that Berlin Gamologist uh episode has an excellent talk about doing conflict resolution. Yes. And applying it to gaming. And I think they're an excellent example. I don't think we need to go too much into that. No, I think you're right. The discussion should happen. The discussion should be and you should be pretty open to it. As a, as a player, you should be mindful of the other players, and you should want them to be comfortable. And and hopefully they respect your comfort zone. Again, that mutual respect is what we're trying to really push. And if you don't have that mutual respect, then you have no reason to want to cater to anybody's particular social wants, really. Yeah. So, game with people you care. Game with people you give a shit about. If you game people you don't give a shit about, I think that's uh, problematic. And I think that, I mean, that stuff gets built if you're playing with a new gaming group, but I think you should establish the stuff before in any Have a little code of conduct.
1: Even informal code of conduct. You don't have to write it down. You don't have to, like, scribble out. Just say, hey, you know, let's just make sure you're, like, you know, I, I you know... I'm distracted by cleavage. Honestly, this—that's this, what I'm, I'm like. I'm a man,
0: ha ha ha. You know. I'm like,
1: uh, really? So if you—if you don't wear cleavage shirts, it just makes—it makes it easier. That's all. And make a reference to man cleavage to keep it a egalitarian. Like,
0: Say, listen, any kind of cleavage, man cleavage, woman cleavage, whatever, it makes me really distracted. Please wear a shirt, and please don't have it all hanging out. And. And if, you, and if you reference men, then it, you, you diffuse it a little bit, I think, think. at what, first
1: What What you're saying, saying is that you're not making it them specific, you're yeah. making it general specific. Like you're, exactly. You're, you're saying, in like specifically Cleavage bothers me, doesn't matter where it is or who it is, it will bother me. And if you're sitting across from me for the whole game, it's going to distract me. Yeah. And it, it didn't matter if it was you or,
0: you know, Jane or Bob. And saying, like, you know, we're sitting in a table in a confined space for all day, it'd be pre- appreciated if you clean up before game. Have a shower, you know, make sure there's no stinkiness before game because we're all going to be in this small of a room and the aroma spreads. Something like that is is to do generally because then if you say it generally, you don't have to say it specifically. If someone is coming in stinking because they worked out beforehand or something like that. Yeah. And I think that brief discussion, and I like doing it in an email because it's just a couple of things that, that I would, you know, be that would be appreciated. And I mean, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about this in Barriers to Play with, uh, with Location. What does the host expect from people? And these are, again, social expectations. So, for example, if the host has family that are allergic to nuts, there could be a thing in there saying, do not bring any fucking nuts into my house. And make it clear. Make, those because, things are really important. Because otherwise my kid will die, or I will die. And stuff like that is really important. I think that the, the things like that are actually really okay. And I think if you do that, if you add in a couple of, like, really important things and then get with another, like, social things, if you feel if you put a couple, if you seed a couple of really important bits in with, like, you know, don't park in the street because your car will get towed, you know, that kind of stuff, important thing, you know, sneak in a couple of other things, I think that might be useful. Like, it's it's kind of a, it kind of kind of makes it, people go, okay, that makes sense, and here's some other stuff that, okay, I'll, I'll go with. And what all, you point out that, like,
1: some people are like, I don't have to justify myself. And people get so when you're presenting something that is problematic for you, don't be like, I don't have to justify myself. If you say, this is the reason why, people are way more understanding, way more willing to accept
0: that yeah. and to go along with it. So if... Or not. And if, if they don't want to go along with it, then you have to make the decision whether or not to... And this is this is where it comes down to to mutual respect. If someone does not agree with the social rulings, try and work it out but if they don't want to work it out, they're adamant, saying, listen, this is the way I dress, uh, my ball sack must be shown It is an artistic statement, then you must make a decision whether or not to play with this person. Because, again, you can self-select with these, with these engagements. If it's really... If the, if the social environment is not acceptable, you can simply back out of it. And that is one option that you always have. Again, these games don't exist if you don't come to them. And if you... And these problems will not continue if you don't come to them. So there's always that ultimate moment where you can go, I'm not participating in this anymore, if you're really feeling uncomfortable. And that option is kind of the nuclear option, which I don't like doing, because it's always assumed that you can just leave or you can just kick people out. There should be a... It's the piece in between that's more fruitful. You know, stay or go is... What about this bit? What about the negotiation aspect? And I think that, you know, as, as long as you keep it keep it civil and keep it focused and, and, and have reasons for it. I think it makes total sense. So let's talk about smell. Okay. was we kind of touched
1: on that. Uh, and we're not just talking about body odor per se, but like fragrances like cologne or perfume. So my, my wife has uh, minor allergies to this
0: stuff. So when if somebody's heavily cologne, like she has to leave the room. Exactly. It could actually be hazardous to people who have those kind of allergies. So... A little bit of right guard isn't gonna hurt anybody. Yeah, a little but if you like spray good. down yourself in like the axe like body spray, and you smell like, I guess whatever yeah. the hell it is that and smells if like People you can, can,
1: can smell you, you, know, like a block away, or like if, if you're you know twenty feet down a hallway and you
0: know he's coming from smell, like that's way too much. Exactly, I think when you are going to a place where you're gonna be sitting at a table at a fairly in a, a single room for maybe a couple of hours, you need to minimize your smell as much as possible you want to smell like nothing that's my attitude exactly and that's just cleanliness straight up that's just you know yeah, make sure you have uh you know i mean again uh, and, 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 and you can shower as much as you want but if your clothes are soiled and dirty you're going to stink. <laughs> again it it, it 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 drives me insane where someone's like yeah no i showered i'm fine yeah my hair's wet look why is your shirt covered in spaghetti sauce and it's like oh yeah i didn't have laundry laundry so I, I just put this on Thought it wasn't a big deal what, are we going to a state dinner? And I'm like, listen, you stink like Raccoon. Like, I'm just I'm just saying. What, what, what do I do? You know? Like, yeah. again, if, I think it's fine for people to wear gaming shirts. I think it's fine for people oh, yeah. to wear ripped up jeans or whatever it is. Again, yeah. as long as I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not I don't think knees are, are explicit. I think a ball sack is or an ass. But again, as long as it's clean, as long as I don't smell you. Because once I smell you, you're invading my personal space and you're distracting me from the game, and you're making me uncomfortable.
1: Smell is an invasive thing, and it, it does invade people's personal space. It should, and that is uh, respecting the other fellow players, and uh, respecting just people who are around you, even if you're not in a game situation. You should not be, if I were five feet apart, I should not be able to smell your ragu or your cologne constantly, where it's to the point of, where like, oh, it's all I can smell. And even just, sometimes if I'm, like, we're for two feet apart, I get the odd whiff of, you know, of, let's say, axe, you put a, I mean, a squirt on. I, I, I might give there because, and I think that that's almost acceptable because you. it's not super invasive. Do you see what I'm going with that, John? I'm like, with you.
0: Because, like, again, you, you want to get your smell close to zero. People still smell. I mean, you can't. That's it. You exactly. cannot erase the smell of people completely. I'm just saying that it shouldn't be overpowering. Your eyes should not be watering. It should be to a minimum. And the, uh, one thing I want to mention with uh, with appearance, and this is something that that considering odor, breath. This is a talking... Game, role playing games are talking. If someone offers you gum, take it. Take the gum. Because what, cause they could be saying one or two things. Would you like some gum? Or, your breath fucking stinks. Take some goddamn gum because I'm gagging. I've done this. I've done this a pre- couple of times where I'm like, would you like some certs? You know who you are. And And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to not say, listen, your breath stinks and I'm getting a little nauseous. Put this in your mouth because I'm dude because dude you told
1: us a few years ago i remember this too yeah and now whenever people offer me gum it's i don't necessarily accept it but what i say is i, I don't know that you gum but if my breath isn't bad tell me the gum i'm not offended like i yeah. uh, just give me the gum and i'm okay with it and they're like no, no 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 no. i'm like okay that's cool then if my breath's bad i don't want to be causing you like pain. but i work in a job where i'm in a small enclosed space with one-on-one with a student where we're like a foot or two apart
0: and that is close enough that I am aware that my breath, if it is bad, I should accept that gum. Yeah, it, when we're it, sitting on a table and there's five guys speaking at each other, like, that breath can get pretty nauseous. Especially if it's like, if everyone's just polished off the uh, the onion and extra green pepper pizza, maybe it's time to break out some gum. Here's a trick. Uh, if, if,
1: if, you're not, if you're not aware of this, just drink lots of water. Honestly, water will clear out your palate and clear out your mouth. And the, that's, my breath is rarely very bad. Um, at least I'm aware of. Um, my...
0: Because I drink tons and tons of water all the time, constantly. Yeah, I've never actually done that to you. I've never actually offered you gum because you have had bad breath. I've done it to a couple of
1: other people Yeah, and who have bad <laughs> Honestly, if you don't like chewing gum, if you don't like search, just drink, just have a glass of water, constantly just drink it, and your bad breath will go away. Not to mention it's really good for you. It is also really good for you. That's. Yeah. There's multiple good reasons to drink water. Here's the tip of the day.
0: Drink lots of water. Yeah, fuck yeah. Drink lots of water because it's good, because otherwise you'll die. <laughs> you really will. I mean, it's it's, it's life threatening to not drink water. No, three days
1: and you're dead. I want to um, move. Uh, I want to still stick with discussions before play, but I want to move away from the clearly offensive to the just reasonable.
0: And what I want to talk about is authority a bit. Um Ah, because... uh, yes. This is an interesting. This is an interesting social situation. We have the, the authority. The authority deal is. It actually depends on the game too. Different people have different expectations of what the game is going to be,
1: and so this is people's social expectations here. Some people expect they can sit back and the story will be told to them; they can interact with them a little bit. Some people want to contribute to the story. Well, You need to make clear before a game, and this this should be a discussion either about what game you're going to play, either with the game once you decide the game, kind of how what how much you should contribute, and if people don't know that they're supposed to contribute ideas and they don't
0: want to, that can make the game very difficult. Everyone comes from different backgrounds in gaming. Gaming is very different in very different places. Like, what some people consider to be role-playing is going to be barely... If you're look at that and go, what the hell are they doing? They're not role-playing. Well, they are. They're just not role-playing the way you are used to. And when you have a bunch of people come together that come from different role-playing backgrounds, you have to set that up. You have to say, listen, when I run these games, I run these games as a tyrant dictator GM. I am the game master. I am in control. Uh, you're along for the ride. It'll be a hell of a ride if you just, just buy into it and go with it. Go team. Now, if you're the kind of player that's like, well, I really like to contribute a lot of stuff, and the GM's like, no, then you have to ask yourself, do I want to be a part of this? Because you need to get your needs met as a player. Yes. But, and if you push against that, it's going to go really bad because a gm a G, if a gm expects to be the person in charge who, who who is the the story pusher and you're the story receiver and if you start pushing and the and the GM starts pushing it cre- I've seen it it creates the most dysfunctional fucked up situations ever it, it causes passive aggressiveness it causes horrible horrible messes i can give you gamer start gamer story of people flipping out and you know.
1: and so, there's different solutions. One of them is you can decide with the group you're playing with to play a different game. To play, because different games have different authorities of how much GM has, how much the player has, how much each side is expected to contribute. And that might resolve the issue very nicely. You might find, oh, hey, well, let's play Chevalier
0: Roach, or let's play instead DD 4th Ed. So, these are completely different things. The rule sets really inform that. I think yes. that if you're playing Inspectors, it is. Really, really, you incredibly, incredibly need to have player-created authority, because part of the game is, if you win a die roll, you have to narrate what happens as the player. And some players just go, what? No, I don't want to do that. I, I, that's the GM's job. Well, in this game it isn't. And if a player isn't ready for that, if a player is, is not accustomed to that, that has to be established. Beforehand, you have to say this is what the game requires of you. Each individual person, whether you're whether you're the the game master or game moderator or referee or whatever the hell it is that you are, or if you're a player, this is the the, the demands. I mean, I, I, a lot of that happened, I think, with with Burning Wheel as well. Some games I played.
1: Role playing is a social game, so we're when we're role playing, when we're designing a game, we're making the expectations, the social expectations of each other clear, so we have them. Uh, we enjoy the game. We do not want to be butting heads.
0: That's exactly. A... And if, so, if the, if this game is de, is required, the GM is in charge, and you defer to the GM at all times, then you must buy into that, and you must accept him as the social leader in this particular game. Or
1: if you're a player, and there's expectation that you contribute a lot of ideas and contribute to the story quite a bit, you should be doing that. If you're not, you you
0: not fulfilling the expectations put upon you. If someone isn't fulfilling their their social expectation, the game is not going to work properly. If the game requires you to participate and you just want to sit back, you probably shouldn't be playing this game because you're not going to enjoy it. You should try, and to be honest, there should be an environment in which contributions are welcomed. One thing that I've experienced is where someone says, you know what, I want you to contribute. But then creates this negative atmosphere where if you contribute something, it gets scrutinized and criticized. You have to create an environment where if you want people to be forthcoming, you have to be accepting of ideas. Because I find that that can happen. Where very negative behavior can shut down any kind of attempts at being creative. I found that happening quite a bit when you're trying to do that sort of thing. Especially in games that don't have any mechanical supports for it. Like if in D&D 4.0 you say, I want you to to give me some creative input, and someone gives creative input and you go, no, that's not really what I want, then they won't give anymore. You have to bend, and again, very difficult to do, very difficult to push against what people think a role-playing game should be. To challenge that, some people take it as... Some people react very negatively to it. I've had that happen. And again, how do you prevent that? How do you avoid that, that kind of di- difficulty from arising? I think from just having that discussion beforehand. The discussion beforehand,
1: before play, will help resolve 90-95% of the issues you may have that may arise. Because mm-hmm. you already, you've already addressed all those issues. And that's the thing, is defining those expectations put on people. And that's what this whole thing is about. I want to move on to sure. proximity and re- in relation to other people, people to people. Now. I want to say sometimes I'm bad for one of these things that you have written down here, John. Sometimes my leg likes to jump around a bit and bounce around. And sometimes shakes yeah, the bouncy the leg. Uh, uh, crazy I, legs, Kyle. I, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I, I will have to admit. And I never do it in a situation where things can fall off tables or, like, wobble things. That's never happened. I've never done that. But, like, on a wood floor, sometimes it
0: shakes a little bit. It shakes the table a little bit. Restless leg is a syndrome. It's actually something that some people have. And, I mean, in cases of people who have, like, Parkinson's or something, okay be a little more respectful of people who can't help it. But proximity has a lot to do with personal space issues that some people have. For examples, I have a personal space issue. I don't like people I don't know that well touching me. I find it very uncomfortable. Some people have no personal space, and that's not an issue to them. Like, I get really weirded out when I'm in, like, a crowded place. I get a little suffocating and stuff. I, maybe I'm a little bit agoraphobic. I'm not, I'm not sure, but... The point is, I don't like being touched by people I don't know. And even people I don't know, I don't like the touching to occur that often. I don't like play fighting and play punching and stuff. That stuff makes me really uncomfortable. And again, you want to make that clear before it happens. Because if you make it clear after it happens, that person's going to feel shitty and, and not realize it. Because other people's sense of proximity are going to be different. You want to keep that in mind. Saying, this person likes their space. This person... Like, if you're sharing a couch and one guy is like got his legs up or one guy is like spread out or whatever, you want to you wanna try and give people that peace. So, for example,
1: small couch ass to ask. maybe there's limited seating. This it should be expectation that whoever's hosting this, there should be adequate seating that I don't have to be crammed in a small couch where I, where I have to be ass to ass. Maybe I'm comfortable with that
0: with the guy. Maybe it's no problem to me, but I shouldn't have to. Exactly. We talked about this in Various to Play. Locations are really challenging to get. Yes. Especially in a place like Winnipeg, where, again, getting a public space, like getting a, getting any kind of room rented or something, if you don't want to have it at someone's place, can be re- is, is an incredible, incredible headache. But having that base requirement of people have places to sit, again, that's a big feature in terms of making sure people are comfortable. And, again, with comfort comes a better social environment. Better social environment comes a better game. And that's,
1: again, discussing what people expect. I expect that I can have my own chair. I expect that I will have space for myself to be able to sit down and put my sheets out, have a little arm room, elbow room.
0: I can shift a little if I need to. I like confinement. I really like being in a confined, upright position. I like a very little amount of space to move around, and that makes me very different from you. Some people like to lean back and have lots of room. I like to be sitting up. I like to be... In a, in a chair that supports my back and keeps me straight and gives me very little spread out room. I, when I'm spread out, I feel very uncomfortable. I like being, like this chair that I'm in and the chair that you're in really describes that sense of space between the two of us really well. You're in a, a stool, so you can kind of, you've got the ability to sit back. I'm in a, I'm in a chair the, with arms, and it's a desk chair, it's a, and I'm very comfortable in this chair and you're very comfortable in that chair. It's a really interesting sort of idea. I, I hate to burst your bubble John. That's my favorite chair you should in, actually. Really? Yeah. So we aren't so different. Right? No, we aren't. We, are. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we should ally against uh, against your well, former friends, well, young Skywalker. Well, we could share the chair, John. I together?
1: Together. I that's
0: can't. that's a social... That's a proximity alert. Uh, proximity <laughs> alert! So, I don't want you off my starboard bow, good sir. So, a couple of... <laughs>
1: <laughs> a couple of days ago, um, we were playing a Hot War ga- game, as we mentioned uh, earlier in the, the episode, and I, I reached across and played a character who touched the other <laughs> hand, and I touched <laughs> my friend's hand. Oh,
0: you were sed- in a seduction scene. In a
1: seduction scene. Now, <laughs> I've known him since I was 13 or so, so we've <laughs> known each other for. I think 16 years. I know my limitations with him. I know <laughs> I can I know I kind of push him and kind of make it fun and interesting. And he couldn't do it.
0: He couldn't. could do. like, I can't. I can't do this.
1: But, I, but it, was, well, it was. It was. It it was, was funny, but it was funny. Not awkward. And here's the thing. I've known for 16 years. I know my my limits with him. I know what, how far we can go with each other, and when it's
0: funny. And if you, and, yeah, and if you have that built-up sense of social capital over time, and you, and you have a, a, a repertoire of people, I mean, that's fine. But it's, what I'm talking about, of course, is, if, is people you don't know very well, and, and, and you want to create those bonds and those ability to touch each other over time. You need to figure out what's okay first. And here, you for example, you talk about when you meet people for the first
1: time, or only know people for short times, when they touch you, that causes some discomfort you mentioned, and that's something, if new players, people you don't know well, play it safe, that's not very hard to do, just don't, like, some people do get into the role playing, and do kind of want to, kind of touch, or push, or punch, even, like the other person, like, they, they can get even physically violent, in some sense, and that's something, I,
0: I, there's another issue completely, we talk about, but let's just say, um touching this go with, uh and, putting your hand on someone's shoulder, and saying, don't worry, you know, we're going to be here, we're, we're going through the thick and thin, I'm like, why are you touching my shoulder? I and mean, That's that's my... All I'm doing is I'm totally the character going, I don't know you, and you're touching my shoulder, and I'm uncomfortable. LARP games are really bad for this. Yes. I mean, there's a strict no-touching rule that nobody ever follows, ever. And if you bring up the no-touching rule, it's kind of... People then treat you like, like they shun you completely because they're afraid of even going near you because you've sort of done the elephant in the room, and I think that's problematic. And here is where we get to the expectation, I think, of making it clear.
1: You can talk to the players, and you say, hey, when I'm role-playing with you, if I touch your hand, if I touch your shoulder, is that okay? Like, if it's not, that's cool, I won't do that. Like, But sometimes
0: they get into role-playing, and I might want to do that just to add extra yeah, look, levels. Yeah, and, and, that, and, and establishing that beforehand makes the game... And some people will look at you and go, well, yeah, that's fine. And they'll be like, well, are you insane? Or some people will be like, no... I really, really rather not. And you be like, "Cool," you know. I mean, but the the funny thing about that is, you'll always get a different response. Um, it's kind of like uh, putting two spaces after uh, a period in a sentence. Mm. Uh, some people say it should be one. Some people say it should be two. And they always look at you as if you're insane when you say it should be one space or two spaces after a period. That's and... a perfect example, John. And you should it, you should <laughs>
1: accept that they're different. And this comes Can I give you another no, example? because it
0: should be one space.
1: Is that I I. I... Honestly, this came up just yesterday, talking to my wife, we are talking about Easter bread. And how my my family's made it without this icing on her, makes it with this icing on To me, I'm like, that can't be done. I'm like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it can't be done. It's just different. It's okay. It's accepted. I have to understand that that's just
0: a different way of doing it. So be it. That's cool. That's and that's what people have to do. Yes. And if all people did that, then there would be no war. Because we'd be able to accept each other for what we are.
1: John, have you just... Given the secret of world peace. I have.
0: Right? Just accept each other's bread as icing or uniced, and it's okay either way. And if you did that, then you expanded that to everything, world peace. I've just solved it. Where's my prize? Give me my prize, Nobel. <laughs> Fucking give it to me right here. And my money. It's and better. the 2010 Nobel Peace Prize goes to John Slack! I'd like to thank the Academy and uh, give me my money. I want my money. Give me my, my money. I want to get paid gotta get paid. So I think we're off topic here, bitch. We are. Oh. In fact, <laughs> off topic. I don't know where we're going. But, uh, <laughs> I think we... But we, yeah, we... I, mean, I mean, this comes down, I think, to, to something we're going to talk, talk about later about supporting others. I think that you really want to engage in that, even if it seems odd to do so. If someone is reacting as if you're insane to even have this question, whatever. I think as long as you have it, I think that it creates a better situation anyways. And some people are just not used to that kind of candidness about social expectations. I mean that for a lot of gamers they don't talk about this shit ever. But I think that we should break through this. I think we, I think we're all I think some of us are old enough now to no longer have that kind of weird cargo cult mentality of like let's not talk about why we do these things.
1: When I was younger, when I was like 21, 22 this stuff would blow my mind right now we're talking about. Yes. But now I'm like a few years older, I don't understand how much. I, this makes so... I've, I've had some experiences. I've gone through life. I'm a little older, a little wiser. And I've had a little more experiences. And I can understand this stuff now. And I can and it
0: makes so much sense. Yeah. And I can go in these situations with an open mind. I mean, when we discussed with Jeff about teaching people to play, we, us staring at each other, blinking, going we're all teachers why haven't we used any of our teacher skills to teach people how to role play and this is this moment of us going yeah why don't we do that what's what's wrong with us why you know and it, it's just the weirdness and again the same thing with social expectations i mean in a gaming environment there are some really messed up hierarchy levels of social strata that get reinforced over time and that you really want to start thinking about challenging if you're not happy with the way socialization is going you want to challenge it you want to Ask some questions. You want to start shaking things up a little bit because if you're if you're not happy, if you're not if these things are not making you if you're if you're displeased in some some way, you want to try and build that up. So should we talk about equipment? Yes, let's go on to that. So now by equipment we mean character shape, paper,
1: dice, bringing the things that are essential to playing the game. And exactly, each player is, is responsible. And this is stressing this. This is a social expectation each player should have to bring their own dice, to bring their own pencils, to bring their own character sheet. If let's say you have the only copy of the rulebook, you should be expected to bring that rulebook too.
0: Yeah. As as just an add on, there I would say. I, and um, I agree. I agree. I've actually there's actually been one time where I decided not to bring a rulebook for D&D. And the reason I didn't do it was because, again, I was... And this is, this is the Sunday game. I didn't bring the, the player time book. Because I was just getting sick and tired of carrying... And, and this is a, an issue I have with some some games. If you have to bring a fucking library to a game, I'm a little annoyed. But I have to bring, like, this fucking 40-pound stack of books for, for D&D 4. And I bring it, and it doesn't get used. And it doesn't get used. And it doesn't get used. So just one, one week, I decided not to bring it. And, of course... Guess what? We needed it. By being, bring your books. Even if it's a big pain in the ass, bring your books. That's true. Um, I felt like such a douchebag because I didn't bring it Now, Like, what am I
1: doing? It, if I show up and I don't have dice, again, this is a... This kind of touches into proximity, too, because if I'm always reaching across the table to borrow John's dice, going, hey, John, I'm going to just borrow your dice from it. And all of a sudden I have all your dice, and it's that your was turn.
0: close to my crotch. But anyways, go on. And, uh... And, <laughs> I just when you reached over like that, it, 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 you know. It, 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 I'm just describing what happened there. I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" The wind. It was there was a there was a graze. Go on. Uh, and that's that could be an example right there.
1: I'm reaching too close to your crunch. Yeah, and I'm, you, and you almost almost
0: almost grabbed the jewels and you Grab the wrong bag, sir. That's not the dice bag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, if you then again you have to reach back across to get your dice back. You might be a little annoyed at that. You might be like, this." Bring your own stuff, really, and that's what I'm saying. And if people always taking your pencil. This happens too, oh, yeah. always take my pencil. I'm like, I need why did you my... bring a pencil? Where's my pencil?
0: What? You have my pencil, and give it back. It's yeah. my pencil. Yeah, if you forget a pencil, uh dude. Now here's a couple things you can do to to solve that. I mean, if you have a guy that's the designated bringer of the dice, like if someone brings like a big fuck off bag of dice and says, "All right, poor poor poor, here's, here's yours, here's yours, here's yours, here's yours, let's go," then that's great. Establish that before game. If you have one guy that has the fuck-off yeah. piece of the like, pencil case filled with pencils, zip that shit open, pull out a bunch of pencils, throw it on the table, go, everybody get one. Awesome. Now we're all penciled up. But you should establish the pencil pusher and the dice bagger.
1: And one of the locations I go sure sure to... sure dice
0: bagger is a good... That's not a... Yeah. I'm not sure. That's a little appropriate.
1: One of the locations I go to, I know they have tons of pens and pencils. And I know I can rely that they will have them. Same thing with dice. And in my house, I have a plethora of dice. I have a bounty of dice, even, um, that is easily shareable to everybody. And so I, it's not a big... Nobody has to bring dice in my place. Yeah. But there are locations I go to where everybody needs their own set of
0: dice. Exactly. And if you don't have it, that's a problem. Why are you here? Why did you come to a game and not bring your dice? And things like character sheets. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, I, I remember at a, at a recent Vampire game that I was at, someone came and said, yeah, I forgot my character sheet. And I'm like, you drove halfway across the city to play in a role-playing game, uh, a live-action game, without your character sheet. And he's like, yeah, I forgot it. And I'm like, again, I, I'm having difficulty with you forgetting the essential part of your character that makes like all the mechanics of the character is forgotten. Like, really? Really? like, the, like I, I, It boggles the mind. It, it's like going to the border without a passport and forgetting your passport. I mean, that is, that is like a major blunder, and you should be sorry for that. But someone being like, what? I forgot my character my, my sheet. What? I'm like, okay, you should be sorry. Uh, there are, like... We can make analogies, you know, like... But like, I'm just... I, I just yeah. it, it just blows my mind that, that you would go to a social environment and forget the object of the social environment that you were intending to There are ways to remember things. Get yourself a whiteboard for the, fr- for the front of your thing. Have a... Do the checklist before you leave. If you're a forgetful person, there are things you can do to prevent that forgetfulness. I'm a big fan of the list with the check boxes. Just saying... Can do that in a piece of paper. Write, right, right, Check, check, check. Out of the door. I can't even. I, there's no words. I, I, you it's know. like going to hooker for a blowjob and forgetting the money. Yes, and if you forget that money, you got to kill her. And then what? You get a dead hooker. Good, t- good times, sir. Then you got to fucking make sure you grab the right bucket. Where am I getting go? dumped? This is that, that, That's a little that, too dark, John. <laughs> is it too dark? Yeah. Is it too dark? You brought think... in the hooker, sir. I killed it. <laughs> so what? who's who's the real villain here? The person that brought in the hooker, the person that killed it. Uh, we're both committing crimes. Good thing it's all imaginary.
1: I'm I, I, I in the U.S. know, but actually in, uh, in Canada, to be uh, a lady of the night is actually legal. It's the John that's doing, picking it up is the one who goes to jail, and that's the illegal part. Yeah, just if, if I wanted to know. Yeah, good times, Sam. Good times, yeah, yeah. You can be a hooker. It's okay. You Just anything anyone you have sex with is going to go to jail. John, don't diss what you haven't tried. <laughs> okay, I won't. Right.
0: <laughs> I am going to move on. We want. desperately to something else. Uh, the last thing I want to mention about equipment, there is options of like having the GM collect all the character sheets. I, I think that this is a little silly, personally, but I also like it because it means I don't have to run for a character sheet. It depends on it depends on the type of type of game, but I think that for Hot War I, I do that. I leave the sheet with you because I don't need it in between games. I don't need to update it. And actually that's one yes. thing with D four, you have to update the living fuck out of that sheet, especially if you go up a level. Uh and expecting the GM to do that is bullshit. Yeah, and I was just gonna say that. In certain
1: games like Hot War, there's no update really. It's all, all the updates happen in game. Yeah. And fourth ed, for example, you give those players their character sheets, they damn well
0: better update their own character sheet. Yeah, it's their responsibility to keep that sheet up to date, to make sure they make changes to the character sheet, to be responsible for the information on that sheet. But in the in the situation of games that don't have those kind of changes occurring, like I said, rules like games, leave your sheet, it's fine. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of putting sheets online. I like, I like to take a character sheet of any kind, I like to scan it, pop it online, and, and send an email to myself with it attached. And therefore, if I ever forget or lose a sheet, mm-hmm. it is an internet connection away. And at least that's something, and that's one suggestion I like having for for things like materials. Have a have a digital copy that you can access online. And super quick, just to write up a just a very
1: brief description of your character, shape, basically what you have. It doesn't have to have all the details on, just the core. Because then at least if you do forget, you have that minimum there. You have that. You can just then write all the details stats on a on a page
0: is all you really need. I and mean. so
1: make sure you always show up. Uh, like have, if there's that not that buffer time, show up a little bit early just in case something does go wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm with you. I think that's uh, qu- really. Don't be the, the seller selling the sex toys without the sex toys. Go yeah, because 'cause you're like, listen,
0: the theoretical sex toys. You can't sell future sex toys.
1: You gotta show you have to be able to see and feel and play with those sex toys to know what they're like. Exactly. Otherwise, you watch them
0: jiggle across the room and you know, have have races. Alright. Alright, long dog silver versus uh Pocket Rocket, go But
1: it, it, honestly, it's not
0: a bad example, because
1: if you do not
0: <laughs> have those in front of you... Well, then you're how... buying sight and see, and you're like, uh, what is this going to be like when I... And, and you're not really enjoying it, you're like, You're, yeah, like, I... you're like, this isn't what it advertises. It doesn't like, work. It doesn't, doesn't work. work. On the paper, you can't like go, okay, is this going to be all right, you know? I mean, Am I going to break into a rash the moment I touch it? Or burst into flames, because... You, of it. You're
1: trying to play D&D with your character, characteristics. you're like, oh, yeah, I think I had uh, plus 20 perception, I'm not really sure... But, like, oh, great. Yeah, you can't play D.D. It's not going to happen. No, sir. All right, so supporting others. Now, this is part of expectation, expecting to help each other,
0: expecting that we're going to enjoy this game as a group. There is the expectation that people have in a lot of games where you're supposed to go there and you're supposed to have fun. That's, I think that's a, a base expectation should be to have fun. The process of getting fun to be had is to engage in what's going on. Different people have fun in different ways. I think there are some ways of having fun that are really toxic and horrible. I think there are some ways of having fun that are great. And this is, again, personal preference saying, calling, but I'm not going to play with people who have fun with the game by making other people miserable, which I've seen. I've seen some people get off on playing games where they're destroying or breaking down other people, like, that that have fun by being a total asshole. And so here, we're talking about the expectations of player-to-player, player almost, yeah. conduct of of how to deal with each other, and how to have conversations with each other. Is there, for example, going to be a backstory? Does every character have a backstory? If so, can we read them as players so that, so that when we play our characters... Because remember, characters don't exist... And it's and any time someone says it was what my character would do is is being a douchebag because they're hiding behind stuff, especially if they do terrible things and then say no, it was my it's what my character does. Mm, no, it's what you're doing through your character by decision making. Because yes. again, we are not possessed by the fucking loa when we play role playing games. All right, it doesn't happen. We're not like suddenly eating off chickens' heads and eating peppers and not being affected by walking on glass. No. We are pretending to be these characters, and if the character is causing issues, then you should, you know... One of the things, like I said, a really good way of doing this is reading the backstory of other characters. I think as a player, if someone has their backstory and wants it read, I personally think that open backstories are really good. In certain situations, we're going to talk about that secrecy thing a little later, but if it is open, if you're allowed to read other people's characters' backstories, you should read them and give you an understanding of what everyone else is playing. Yes. Once you understand what everybody else is playing and what kind of arc they want to do, then as a player, you want to talk to the other players and say, okay, what what do you want to do with this? Where do you want to go with it? I mean, is there is there something I can do? Ask, ask them maybe, what role do you want my character to have in your character's thing? What do you want to do? I mean, again, we're architects. And we, we could say, and you, the response could be, let's figure it out through play. Or, let's try and angle towards this. And... Some of those are defined
1: of how the game will play, like expectation of what the progression of the character's interaction is by the game system itself. Some of it is by discussing it with each other and saying, this is what I expect my enjoyment to be of us having fun dancing through a field. Or we would be at each other's throats most. I mean, you know, we <laughs> each other's throats most of the time, and we're like really, you know, aggressive with each other. And because that, that could be fun if those people, if they have the that expectation that's what's going to be, and that's what they want to do, that could be fun. Getting
0: underlining, having fun with each other as a group. Yeah, I'm always a big fan of reincorporation. I think that reincorporation is incredibly important when it comes to putting together really good stories. And the big thing about reincorporation is taking other people's contributions to the games and reincorporating them into your own character in some way, shape, or form. I find that that is a way of rewarding someone for doing a backstory and, and having the player reward it as much as the, as, as, the, as a GM or something. You have to make sure you have to discuss with the player, saying, Listen, this there's this cousin of yours that you really hate. Can I be his boy or girlfriend? And have there be some tension there? Is that is that interesting? Setting those kind of things up, be, and again, if you want to do something a little more secret-like, just say, "Listen, is your is your ba- is your history is your character's backstory open for us to in- interact with? Can we put some stuff, some stuff, around in there?" And some people will be like, "Nah, you know, my, my stuff is my stuff," and be like, "Okay, cool, you know, that's fine." But asking that question beforehand and considering the other person's contribution and saying, "Listen, can I engage with this?" Is this something you want to engage with, or is this just something you wanted to create to establish the character as of now? And you want the character to be very much about the present, or you want the character to be very much about the past? You want to try and figure that out. And you want to really... Because some people write 50-page backstories, and they don't want anything done with it. They're just getting their creative energies on to create a backstory, mostly for the writing, for the joy of writing, but also to create a character that they know to play at get-go. I I personally think that a lot of backstory is problematic for role-playing games. Because again, you're not allowing a lot of growth because you're doing all the growth beforehand. But, but that's a personal thing, and, and and things like interplayer conflicts, you want to check whether that's okay. Because some people like really hate when other players conflict with each other. They like flip the fuck out when that shit happens. So if you're playing a game where there's there's conflict between players, that is that well, that's that's supposed to happen. An example of this is in a Wicked Age, where literally you are set up against each other's throats. Yeah. Some people find that really uncomfortable, and, and the, they don't want to play. And this comes down to discussing the type of game before you play, and what the
1: expectations are put on the different players, as they thought, and what their contributions expected on. And the, in, in Wicked Age, it's expected that there is going to be co- inter-player conflict. Yeah. And if you don't accept that, if you don't want that, the game doesn't work,
0: so you either play a different game or you step out, and that's what we discussed earlier as well as some yeah, options. One of the things that can happen in a lot of games, especially games that have a lot of open narration, is trampling other people's scenes. I think you should be really mindful of this. In a social scene, you want to take a look at who's kind of primary in it. If this is the moment where the character confronts, where one character confronts his dad, don't run in and like attack the dad. Be available and ask if, you know, like try and. Let that person have their moment to shine and try not to run in there and and take over. Some people like being in the spotlight a lot and it's important to try and share that as much as possible with other people. Try and, uh, I find that happens sometimes. Enthusiasm, it's never, I I find that most of the time it's not intentional, it's enthusiasm.
1: So the expectation is that each player will have their own spotlight. Each player will have their own time to role play. And if that's taken away, then
0: fun is ruined for that player. Exactly. And you wanna try and create situations where a player shines and then the next player will shine the next player. Because you, you do that because that's sort of how a lot of this works. You're giving people attention, you're giving people moments in which they are great, and they'll remember that and they'll like that. And the intention of that is for people then to do the same to you. And that expectation should be mentioned. It should be voiced. And I think that Primetime Adventures does a really good job of this with the with the screen presence. They mechanically indicate these people are important this person or these people aren't and during this game you are the, the screen presence one people are there to make the screen presence three and two people important and involved in some way shape or form. That's what you're supposed to do that's and that's something that isn't actually well explained in in Matt Wilson's game. They don't say screen presence one people should make screen presence two and three more important. They just say you're in the background, and I think that that's incomplete. I think you should be including make those people you're important. supporting those other those other characters, other players, yeah, to... pushing them to the forefront and making their issues or, or situations the important thing. Now here's I think the last point we want to talk about. Uh, I guess really just we
1: have conduct during the game, but really talk a bunch about that. At this point, it's just breaks. Now you need to have regular breaks. It should in. You see these articles everywhere about if you're at work sitting at a desk, you should have a break every hour. You know, five minutes, ten minutes every hour. Get up, stretch, go for a walk, get a glass, drink of water, go use the washroom. Just get up and move around a little bit. Reflexologists
0: okay. keep... and kinesthetics, got uh, kin- people that deal with reflexes, and massage therapists are always talking about ergonomics and the way the body is supposed to go. And And you're right. You have to get up after about an hour and get it and move around. And part
1: of that's also keeping your metabolism moving and it keeps your, your body processing stuff, and which is actually really good. Now, the reason why this is important, though, in a game um, and as a social expectation is because if you do not have these breaks, people will get up in the middle of a scene and go use the washroom because they have not had the opportunity to do so. So give them the opportunity. Give them or the opportunity, get a to get drink. To, opportunity to get a drink, to go have a smoke. You know, if they need to make a sandwich. Let them do that. Give them the five ten minutes to do that, and that way, everybody's much happier. Everybody gets the ergonomics part into it. Everybody's also just, I think, mentally more happier just to have a bit of a, a break from the role
0: playing, and it doesn't break up the game at all. It doesn't break up the flow to interrupt anybody. I've done this in the on the Sunday game, and it's worked quite well. Where every hour, I try to angle every sort of situation. I get as close to an hour as I can, because if I'm D and D four, for example, you know, usually it's at the end of a round. If, it, if, if we're about an hour mark, I say, okay, we're going for a five-minute break. Five-minute break lets people go out and do all the things they need to do, smoke, drink, pee, whatever. And that brings everybody back, focus is restored, and we can get back into it. With yeah, And I think that without them, it's it just, like I said, people will leave at weird times and then you're like, well, do I continue role-playing or do we pause and wait for someone to go to the washroom? Oh, second guy's got to go to the washroom. Oh, third guy's got to go to the washroom. So of, so you're taking that five minute break by waiting for everybody to return from all their different things. I think that I think that a break is a break is something that people like. I remember when I was a teenager, we used to play for like seven hours at a time, and we would never take breaks. Like you would run to the washroom, and you would like have to like there'd be a lot of fast peeing.
1: Well, and, I used to do it sometimes because we don't. Some of this stuff isn't still conscious for me. I know they're good ideas. I know I should do them, but we still don't always. No, we don't. Again, yeah, and I don't know why we don't. Again, it's just this weird blindness we have when we when we do this. It, this we've done it for uh, so long that we figure this. Yeah, is what habit. Yeah, habit, habit forming. You're right. Habit forming is really it's hard to break habits, but if you make a conscious effort, if you go, okay, you know what? We should take breaks because this is a really good idea. And if you listen to this and going, that is a good idea. Write it
0: down is one of the things. As GM say, take break every hour. Write that down. Have a little alarm that beeps minutes guys I mean even make it a little bit of a, a little bit of a cliffhanger too if you want to you know and then the dragon break let's go for one you know that's great That, that, that intermission intermission everyone's like oh god what's gonna happen you know it's a great technique a great sort of sort of GM technique to do that to, to leave on a bit of a cliffhanger before you um, go to the next uh, next piece and I think that that like I said if you one, it's one thing we don't do in my D&D game I try and bring it up a couple of times and it got shot down about having a break once every hour in my, my Saturday D&D game, my every monthly D&D game. And it's, it's a six-hour game. So I find myself, and, I, and like I said, I'm a diabetic. I have to pee a lot. It's what diabetics do, especially when they hydrate a lot. And I'm a, I, I hydrate a lot. Like, again, drink a lot of water, I pee a lot. So I have to leave and go to the washroom and come back, and they're like, all right, it was your turn. Now we're waiting for you. And I'm like, you know, this wouldn't have to happen if we had a break. What do you want me to do? Like I don't, you know. I mean, like. And here, here is the thing. If you're the GM,
1: you basically you you do control the game to to the extent of you can say, "I need a five minute break." Game pause. I'm not saying be forceful about it, but make it clear that if you need the break every hour, that then the game will pause and everybody will be, "Oh, of course, you need a break. I need to use the washroom. Need to get a drink of water." Because the GM, you can't just walk
0: away. Yeah. And so make it. You need but a break. players can't. And that's actually been a weird thing that's been up, where someone goes to the washroom and was like, oh, God, you're in the washroom, hold it. You know, hold it for how many hours? No. Especially when you're older, man. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, man. My bladder is, is uh, it still works, and I want it to continue to work. And so I need to make sure that, you know, while I can still hold it, I want to hold that in. No sense <laughs> for me yet. Getting there. but Not quite. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Only on weekends. So when I wear my day I Where don't want to ask right now. Socially inappropriate? <laughs> Maybe.
1: Who knows? Unless I'm wearing one too. Then so we can, you know, Change connect each over other's that. Change nappy. We can be like,
0: <laughs> i a bit of bad boy. Um. Infantilism. That's right. Look it up. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. we monsters. Are you going to put show notes, John? Yep. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to a link to it. Inv- maybe the Wikipedia entry. Who <laughs> no. knows? No, I'm not. So so that is the, the, ga- the social expectations in gaming. Those are some things we think should be addressed that have not been addressed in some of our games, that, that have been addressed in some of our games to, to benefit, that haven't been addressed to our detriment, and that I think that people should think about in order to ensure that your game is kept fun and comfortable. And... That's the podcast. We kick boredom square the nuts. Podcast.com. So that was episode 11. 10? 10? 10. 10. That was episode 10. Go us. We have hit double digits. I feel pretty.
1: I was. It's. Well, there's a special episode one thrown in there, so this yeah,
0: is... Yeah, the Warhammer one, I don't think we should count it. I think we should we should keep that as a special episode okay. and, and stay true to ourselves and in understanding that that was a special episode, it's an aside. We can do more special episodes in the future, because then will be like, oh my god, special episode 10, look at us, when we do the one on uh, knitting. We, I... we
1: could do one in Raccoons,
0: Raccoons and the Mating Habits. <gasps> or the Raccoons, the cartoon series, for the Canadian cartoon series. We could combine the two topics. Oh my god. Cyril Sneer, you were so evil. He had bears. Cyril Sneer had hi- hired bears, put them in, ju- in suits, and gave them guns. Bears with guns versus raccoons. Why did the raccoons win? Cyril Sneer was this crazy, addy, uh, you know what, Canadian cartoons are really fucked. It was this weird environmental thing, but it didn't really know. I didn't really know what it was doing. Like the the message was always bizarre and kind of a little bit green PC. Like it was. I never really quite got what the moral was in a lot of those. Uh, in a lot of those those shows. It, it was complex in some of them. It was definitely influenced by drugs, I believe. Possibly, or just just the weird Canadian mentality. But that I watched an episode of it recently. You know, what, maybe
1: ago. if we went back in time to that era, maybe if we looked at the, if we were this age now and we walked into that that time, it'd make a lot more. We just look at the adults around us and make more sense. I
0: guess, because, but even as a kid, when watching that, I remember being vaguely unsettled by the cartoon, like not really getting it. And and mostly just kind of being like, I wonder when GI Joe's on because that's <laughs> complicated. You can understand GI Joe. Yeah, Snake Eyes kills everyone except not really because no one dies in GI Joe. What do you what do you got going on for the next couple of weeks, role well, We're we're playing
1: Hot War on, on Monday. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. good. Uh, uh, playing my D and D game next week as well, uh, and playing. Uh, my second, um, the second lineup set up for the uh, the second round for the Warhammer Tournament. Yes. And I'm going to play my second match sometime next week, probably.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping to to meet up with Orion. It's going to be uh, Space Marines versus Space Marines. that will be exciting. Or really boring. It'll be like, boom, boom, we do the same tactics against each other. Except we have tolo- you do have different armies. Totally different armies. They're he's really all mobility and I'm all...
1: No, you're all mobility, he's all not mobility. Is he? Sort of.
0: I think he's more stationary than you are. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, I, mean, I, should, I should really look at his, his army a lot. Uh, I have not looked at his army a lot, I should. Basically, everybody but one unit of his stood still. Really? Yeah. That's all I he's, he's all devastators and stuff, probably. But... No, I on, I So, know. Uh, you know, um, thank uh, you for uh, listening. Th- yeah, thank you for for, for, for stopping by and, and making a, a listen to us stopping by in a, in a metaphorical sense because you're not actually stopping by at all. I was you're thinking we
1: could be like um like Mr Dressup or what's what's this uh Rogers what's his name? Mr Rogers neighborhood. Mr Rogers neighborhood and you're like, Thanks for coming by
0: Thanks for coming by, kids. Next week we interview people who killed hookers and buried them. Not really oh, a we're... Mr Dress Up theme, I guess. You could dress up as the hooker and then what, what, what? maybe we'll interview bears with guns bears with guns at long last uh, when they take over the world and win so uh, I look forward to that day I will be the I'll be the greatest <laughs> disciple of bears with guns I will seen. welcome my bear overlords come I will worship you here is honey and oats okay we should <laughs> someone, someone say it yeah, uh... someone say the words John uh, this has been off. You Can Hack It
1: Put your pants on, girl you got legs last shot Music from You can Hack it is by Buck 65. You can get it free from his website.